Hello, thank you for tuning in to Bring the Stars to You, a podcast where we'll be talking about all things star signs. Today's episode is all about relationships and not just romantic ones. Joining me today is Maya C., astrologist, enthusiast, and founder of Venusian Glow. I'm excited to ask the first one. The first question I have is what goes into compatibility when you look at star signs, Maya? Okay, so you might not really think this, but it's about math. Like when you look at the zodiac wheel, like there's angles and you have to take into account what the angles mean. So for example, the sign that's 180 degrees apart from yours, so right in front of yours, the direct opposite, you might have some tension, although they do say, you know, opposites attract. So the tension might be fun. It's like very like love, hate, or like, the sign, three signs away from yours, you'll probably have a real good time. Can you tell me then why three signs specifically? Okay. So in astrology, when you look at aspects and what the aspects are, are basically the relational distance between two points and how they interact. Um, there are certain degrees that are more favorable than others. So 30 degrees and 60 degrees would be considered positive or easy aspects. So for example, um, what two signs? Sextile. Um, Libra and Leo, they would be 60 degrees apart. So they sextile and that's an easy aspect. Um, then you have, wait, hold on. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Can I like, I'm so sorry. Can I start over? I think I'm getting stuff mixed up because I'm like so tired. Oh, it is all good. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. The magic of editing. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Wait. I was, because you asked about three signs apart and I was like, why am I talking about textiles? Okay. All right. Oh, wait. 120 degrees apart. I'm trying to find the signs that are exactly apart so I can have a reference, like just visually. And I know that like for myself, I'm opposite of Sagittarius. Oh, here it is. Okay, perfect. So Aquarius, Leo, Pisces, Virgo, Aries, Libra. Yes. Right. Exactly. Ironically, my mother is a Sagittarius, which is probably why we're at odds sometimes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I think there are some things I got wrong. So the trine is 120 degrees and the sextile is 60 degrees. I don't know where I got 30 degrees from. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me start over. Okay. So in astrology, we have to consider aspects. So an aspect is the angle that the planets make to each other in a chart. It also accounts for points also like the rising and some other points in your chart. But basically the distance between the two signs or two points can tell you how they relate to each other. So for example, the sign that's directly across from yours, 180 degrees apart is your opposite sign. And we all know opposites kind of butt heads, but still attract, it's still fun. In other cases, we have the easiest aspects, which we look for in compatibility, sextiles and trines. So a trine is the sign that's 120 degrees away from yours. And the sextile is the sign that's 60 degrees away from yours. So for example, oh my God, um, I'm a Libra. 
So air signs, which would be trine for mine, the other two air signs, Aquarius and Gemini, we kind of met. So like the signs that are all of the same element, air, fire, water, earth, those are all trines. So typically you would get along with them. And the signs that sextile, they would be a different element, but the same polarity as yours. So for example, the air signs and the fire signs usually get along just like the earth signs and the water signs. What happens when you put an air sign and a water sign together, or maybe an air sign and an earth sign, something that's from the different, you said, are they polarities? Yeah, different elements or polarities, depending on which one we're looking at. But um, basically, there could just be some tension. So then I'll get into some of the harsher aspects. So along with the opposition, we have the square. And when there's a square, that means that the signs, points, or planets are 90 degrees apart. When I look at squares, I kind of think of it like a fist fight, like someone is going to come out in the end as the winner, but for both energies involved, there's still going to be a change. And like, you're able to, if you're able to utilize that energy effectively, you can like grow a lot when it comes to your own individual chart. So for example, all of the signs in your same modality, whether that be cardinal, fixed or mutable, they all square. So like I said, I'm a Libra. So the squaring signs to me are Cancer and Capricorn. And when you say square, that makes like, is that um, on a birth chart, a perfect square or like a right angle? Yes, they're 90 degrees apart. You would have to consider like the exact degrees of each placement to get the square. And then when it also comes to aspect, there's this thing called an orb. And what the orb is, is basically the difference in degrees that allows certain aspects. So for example, um, when there's a conjunction, that means there's zero degrees apart and the two points or planets are right next to each other. When you look at that in a birth chart, there's like an orb typically of three to five degrees that would still allow it to be a conjunction if you're looking at it tightly, or some people also consider up to 10 degrees. It depends on the astrologer and what they're using, but yes. When you look at pairings, is it based on someone's moon sign, sun sign? What is it? So you definitely have to consider all of the planets and all of the points. When it comes to synastry, the astrology of compatibility, you never want to just look at one thing together. So let me tell a story. One time I was dealing with this Leo. Now Libra and Leo compatible, you know, like that, that works. They're compatible, but a lot of the issues came in with our moon signs and Mercury signs. So he had a cancer moon and a cancer Mercury. I have a Libra Mercury. So cancer and Libra square. And then I also have an Aries moon. Cancer and Aries also square. So that didn't really work out. Needless to say, I will also need to be looking out for for all my Virgos because I just know that I don't usually bode well with Virgos. Is there a certain reason mathematically to explain that? Like why? Yes. As a Gemini, Gemini squares Virgo. So as a Gemini rising, I also kind of have my beef with Virgo placement. So like I, I relate to what you mean there. 
That makes a lot of sense. And when you're looking at all this on paper, do you overlap people's birth charts? Like, uh, like kind of like when you're in class or when uh, you're in elementary school and the projector was turned on and they the teacher had those clear, I guess, like cellophane things that just overlapped and projected. Is that what it kind of looks like when you overlay two people's birth charts to see their compatibility? Um, if I were to do it by hand, yes, but the software and websites that I use, they kind of like already do that for you. So there'll usually be a chart in the inside and then a chart on the outside. And then you see where the planets fall in the other person's houses and whatnot. I see. When it comes to friendship versus relationship, I'm curious about what those differences are in terms of looking at people's astrologies or sorry my bad i'm curious about what's the difference when you look at people's signs yeah 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 so when it comes to looking at a synastry chart for a friendship we want to look at the 11th house we want to look at the third house um those houses and like some of the other houses like the ninth house maybe those are like more shallow i don't want to say shallow because like everything has its important but like it's important but like those houses typically involve, like, for example, the 11th house is the house of, of friendship. And then the third house is the house of communication and, like, your daily life and your daily community. So typically, if you have, like, a lot of heavy um, overlays with those houses, like, definitely would make for good friends. But it might not mean that, like, you'd be, like, best friends or super close friends. Like, maybe you might be, like, really strong acquaintances or, like, situational friends where, like, if you interact with each other it'll work out you'll be fine but you might not hang out with them outside of certain things so when it comes to like really strong friendships I also look for placements in the fourth house the fourth house is the house of our childhood our roots it can represent our family and oftentimes if you have someone's planets in your fourth house you feel like really connected there might be some type of sibling like bond you can also consider this for depth in romantic relationships too. It doesn't mean necessarily that like there'll be a sibling like dynamic, just that like you would feel close in trusting them with what is your private life, something that you don't necessarily share with other people. You would also consider the seventh house. The seventh house is the house of one-to-one relationships. We often primarily look at this for romantic relationships just because the seventh house traditionally does rule over marriage and commitments, but in general, any relationship that you consider close to you or like any like working relationship, it also has to do with like business. Like you would look at the seventh house and strong seventh house contacts can definitely indicate a more long lasting stable friendship as well. You could also look um, for friendship in the fifth house, even though the fifth house is the house of sex romance. It also is the house of fun and creativity. So some of my closest friends, for example, have Libra moons. And in my chart, Libra is my fifth house. So like we have a lot of fun together. I'm able to be really goofy with them. And like we have a lot of like childlike interactions that like just make it just very fun and enjoyable. Is there one sign in particular that is best friends or I shouldn't say best friends, but is fairly compatible with all the other signs? No, <laughs> not, not really. The way the math of the Zodiac wheel works is like, like each sign is going to have its own special relationship with another sign. So like, for example, 
there could be like a Taurus and a Gemini and they both know the same Libra. The Gemini loves the Libra and the Taurus is kind of iffy about the Libra. So Taurus and Libra are what's called in conjunct. So they're 150 degrees apart. And that aspect is really just like awkwardness. It's kind of like, eh, like you just like, you kind of get each other, but you really don't. There's something about it that's just like a little bit off. That's like, not like, it's just awkward. You can't really deal with it versus Gemini and Libra. They're 120 degrees apart. So that kind of works out. When it comes to self-love and one's relationship, right? Because I thought, I first thought of relationship as in like romantic or even friendship. But when it comes to one's self, what if someone has conflicting signs? So like maybe in the oddest way possible that their um, rising sign is a Virgo, but then their moon signs a Gemini. So how does that work? Like those internal conflicts? Oh, yeah. It's funny that you'd like specifically use the phrase internal conflict. That's really what it is. And when it comes to looking at your own chart and the best way to show love to yourself, you just have to understand that these energies exist and you have to figure out the best way to redirect them. So like with the Virgo rising Gemini moon example, that aspect, your moon is squaring your rising. So how you are emotionally, your emotional comforts, your gut reactions are fighting with the way that you present yourself to the outside world. So you would have to figure out a way to authentically honor the energies of both of those placements. And if you can overcome that and you can utilize the tension to ultimately grow you into a better person then like you won. And if you like, have the knowledge of your birth chart and you understand and actually like apply these things to your daily life like you really have a cheat code on how to properly love yourself and be the best version of you I wish I could get that cheat code not that I feel internal conflicts well sometimes I do but I will say that I wish I had a cheat code Um, I was also wondering about if there were any pairs that were particularly bad together or are they all equally bad if you find somebody who makes that um, that's squared off with you? Oh my goodness. Okay, in the synastry readings that I've done, Aquarius and Virgo are just an absolute no. And like, not saying that like it could never happen. Like, of course, like it could work out, but it, it's it's just. It's just, it's just not, it's just not working. Like they're both very logical. They both like rely on the ideas of common sense and like their intelligence and their wit and like Aquarius being super stubborn and then Virgo being super picky. Like no one wants in that situation, no one wants to be the one who's wrong. I think especially with Aquarius energy. So like, because of that, it's just like, eh, I, I, would, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> are there a few pairings that come to mind that are really good together? Hmm, something that's really good to me. I notice a lot of, I don't know, really sweet relationships amongst Taurus and Cancer placements together. It's like they both understand 
their needs for comfort and what comfort is and what comfort means to them. And they're able to reciprocate in the ways the other would like. So like, you know, cancers have the reputation of being clingy. And then Taurus also has the reputation of being possessive. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think that kind of works out a little bit. That's definitely very fair. And um, let's see, trying to think of something else because I know that you thrown, I'm going to cut that part out, but I'm just uh, very fascinated by the relationships. Um, (laughs) Are there any more signs that, you know, going through like, I sometimes see signs that um, like when I look at myself that you might be good with these three or something. So there's multiple signs that people can get along with. Um, And I'm wondering, are there any sign, like, are there, is there a certain sign that just has one or two signs rather than three or four that they are compatible with? And if so, why? Um, No, I think, it, it just really just goes back to the way the math works. Like it's all even on purpose. That's why when like every couple of months, some article comes up about of like, oh, the 13th Zodiac sign. Like, no, like that's not how that works. So with the math, everything is equally divided and it makes a lot of sense. A 13th Zodiac sign. What would that be called? Or what is that called? I, I'm not sure if I'm, properly pronouncing it but ophucus i think is how it's said and it's the snake bearer it's an actual constellation but it's not considered in any system of astrology for real to my knowledge and what i've seen from other astrologers like we don't consider it at all like no one because like it doesn't have i think an element so like not sure where it would fall into, not sure what its ruling planet is, don't think it has one. Like, it's like, it, we just don't bother with it. But like, there's all this misinformation, which like would ultimately mess up the math of the Zodiac wheel. Like some people are saying, oh, if you're born after 2016, then this applies to you. And it's like, that's literally not how that works at all. That's wild. And I mean, 13, 13 itself is a bad unlucky number so i wonder where that even came from could you imagine being like yeah my my star sign symbol is a snake with water like i, I just <laughs> kind of think of like taylor swift with the, with the snake <laughs> um, I'm screaming. and i want to know what happens or let's see <laughs> if a hypothetically speaking if a an aquarius and a virgo fall in love and there's just i mean there's that turmoil but you know those like deep sappy romance love where they just can't get away from one another how would you suggest that they overcome it like is it possible i should say just within any star sign conflict that they can overcome their issues together oh definitely if you look at their synastry chart and there's other placements that um are able to kind of balance out the harsher ones then it can totally work out so let's say the Aquarius has a Capricorn moon, then that Capricorn moon really reacts well to the Virgo sun and like they can bond that way. Or like, let's say the Virgo is a Libra rising. So then how they present themselves to the outside world really matches well with the Aquarius on the ego level. So there's still um, ways for them to work. And then of course, even if like, 
you look at a chart and it's like, oh, you have these two signs that square. You actually have to look at the exact degrees and the math to even see if they actually do square, if there's even an aspect at all. Because if there's not literally in your chart the mathematical indication of the aspect, then it's like, not that the tension wouldn't count, but it wouldn't be as significant as you might think it is. There is a fairly new dating app called Struck. Are you familiar with it? No. Okay. Struck is an astrology-based dating app that matches users based on their signs and charts. And I was hoping, I was wondering if one, you had used it, which you haven't, but just that idea, what are your initial thoughts that there is kind of like the Tinder and maybe Bumble, but with a hint of astrology applied to it? Honestly, I'm very here for it. I know some people are really against judging people based on their placements and on their signs. I'm all for it because whenever I don't listen to the stars and I'm like, oh, let me just like give this a chance, even though the chart says, no, you're going to get your heart broken, run away. I, I always, I'm always taking the L. So if you can see up front what you're preparing yourself for and like, you can see what you're getting into, you don't even have to ask for the birth time. Like it's already there. Like you have all the information you need then you can make that decision and either go with it or not. I totally love the idea. Absolutely. We should both sign up for Struck. I'm really curious about it. I mean, I do have a boyfriend, but I do think that had I met him on Struck, like I would be so happy. I'd be like, the stars have aligned because he's an Aquarius. Um, And I've tended to really fall for Aquarians. My father's Aquarian and I love him and I really love my boyfriend. So I like, I like Aquarians, but I will say they're sometimes hard to read, which is very intriguing for me who I don't, I always am on the go and like, I don't know, mysteries. So (laughs) exactly. And I was curious about then. So you had said that it is good to base people off of their star signs because you have defied the stars before, (laughs) which makes me wonder when it comes to greater things than just the stars, but like planets and those things, they, I know they affect each sign differently. So how does that work out when, um, let's say like Mercury is in retrograde, which we'll definitely have to cover it in itself um, and the planets in in the next episode. But how does that, how do people work through that? Um, if maybe the moon affects you more than it would affect me. Okay. Yeah. So like when it comes to observing transits in relation to your own chart, you can apply the same techniques to a synastry chart. And rather than reading it as how is this transit affecting me? It's like, how is this transit affecting the dynamics of our relationship? So for example, let's say, hmm. Let's say right now the moon is in Taurus and one person is a Scorpio rising. That would place the moon in their seventh house. So for that person, there might be more, they might be more inclined to find comfort in their partner. But on the flip side, let's say the partner is a Gemini rising. So that would place Taurus on their 12th house. For that person, they might be feeling more inclined to be to themselves and to enjoy solitude to recuperate emotionally. So there could be some issues where one person is like, I really want to spend time with you. Like I'm feeling all mushy gushy and I just love you. And the other person is kind of like, "Eh, today I just kind of need my space. I'm feeling 
emotionally weird or emotionally overwhelmed and I want to take a chance to reflect on myself alone. So things could work out that way. In earlier episodes, you had talked about um, how one can use astrology to plan certain events, kind of like how you planned the perfect time to start Venusian Glow. And I'm wondering, when it comes to dating and trying to find someone, can someone use that timing to just say like, I don't really want to go out Monday because the stars aren't aligned, but Wednesday looks really good and I'm going to try then. Or even when it comes to like having your wedding or even like a proposal, does it work that way as well? Oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. So, um, I'll, I'll give an example. If you want to like, you know, like have a hookup, you should do it when the moon is transiting your fifth house, because that's the house of sex, casual dating. It'll probably be a really fun time. Or like, let's say you want to, well, I'm really not the most I don't know, like I'm not too strong on doing elections. So I really don't have a lot of in-depth information about what to look for when planning wedding charts or proposal charts, but I would probably avoid one of the houses that like, you know, it's kind of scary, like maybe the eighth house, we might want to avoid some of the 12th house themes, unless like your relationship as a whole is like supportive of that. Or you would want to avoid the day where there's like a lot of squares and you and your partner's charts just, you know, taking into account all of the charts involved. When it comes to timelines, too, for both friendships and, you know, serious romantic, or I shouldn't say serious, but just romantic relationships, um, are there certain signs that are better for, like, short-term versus long-term? Um, yeah. Is there is there a certain time or certain signs for those? Um, I think that every sign is compatible or not compatible. Like I think that every sign is able to attach themselves to either long-term or short-term relationships. But if I think about short-term relationships, I instantly think air and fire signs, the air signs, as soon as they're bored, they'll move on the fire signs. As soon as there's no more competition, no reason to chase, they'll move on. But when I think of long-term, when I think of something long-lasting, I think of earth signs. I think when it comes to earth signs, you know, they will take the time to build things. They'll take the time to really invest in a strong foundation for something long-lasting. And they won't give their time and attention to just anything that could stimulate them. They're a little bit more picky with what they give their time and attention to. So they definitely have like their vetting process that would allow them to not only like really make sure whoever they're giving their time, money, whatever to is worth it, but also that, you know, they'll be able to actually build something with them. And not that I would want to hide part of me, and I would not encourage anyone to do that, you know, if it's the part of their natural trait. But if there is somebody that you are head over heels for, and they just, there are points that you read in advance that let's say they don't like about your sign. Is there some way that you are able to like tone down that part of your sign? Or is that just, do you think innate, like if it's not met in the stars, then it can't, nothing can change it. Um, I think that there's definitely ways to navigate any potential issues that you could see in the chart. It's really all about if you're willing to make it work 
and if you find it worth it. For example, my longest relationship, my first actual boyfriend, we dated for four years and he is a Capricorn, Capricorn and Libra square. So at some times there were definitely, definitely moments where we didn't see eye to eye, but we both found each other worth it and we were able to work through it. Or just like, actually for the majority of his chart, if like his chart and my chart, definitely very opposite. He was really earth and water dominant and I'm very fire and air dominant. So through our relationship, we were able to really work through just some of the differences and approaches that we had for it to, you know, last as long as it did. And on that note, thank you, Maya, for joining me on another episode of Bringing the Stars to You. Make sure to check out VenusianGlowBeauty.com for all of your astro gloss, lip scrub, lip oil, and body butter needs. Or go to their Instagram at Venusian.Glow.